following podcast may contain a dash of popular profanities. Sensizers are they're tight. I can hear myself, but it's going on my brain a little bit too much. Hey man. Hey smoochy lips. Hey porcupine. I don't know. Anakana Vespasol. Welcome to Wheat. Is that clicking in, Keith? Oh. Uh oh. Whoops. Can anybody okay? Hi everybody! Hey. Hello. Hello, I am Wiggly. On the phone is I'm Kyle Von. Oh no, who are you? Who are you? Who, who are you? A cop. Snatuma. Everybody, welcome to We Talk Games Pick of the Buck, where we pick of the buck. Ah. I said now that everybody turned off. Tune out, turn off, and drop in. That's right. Everybody, welcome to Pick of the Bone. How about that? Pick the Bone. We Talk Games Pick of the Buck, our weekly arcade review number one arcade review program that happens on a weekly basis that is operated and owned by Wekek Flipkies and Stinky the Game Master. Number That's one! Correct. Yeah, did you check the check the books? I did. Game Pro. Better critic. Yeah. Green. I'm Wiggly again. <laughs> I'm Kyle Von Kubik again. And uh, in the booth, Keith LaRoche. Yo. Does he get a paycheck? Yeah. Is it zero like ours? No. Well, what's going He's on He's got here? an engineering degree. Oh, jeez. He doesn't work for free. Uh, what do we he do? Le- he learned to say boo to a B. He didn't say boo to a B. Yeah. He said poo to a P. Poo P. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the highbrow uh, humor you can expect <laughs> from Pick of the Buck. Wow. And then uh, Stinky the Game Master is the overlord of our domain here unfortunately yes it is friends this is pick of the oh boy i don't feel like doing a show stop it's too hot we're in the home stretch i know it's may or june maybe hot (laughs) hold on let me pull up the calendar (laughs) try to figure out how many weeks from february 7th this show is (laughs) Hey, February 7th was good to me in the book area, and I hope that you celebrate uh, February 7th with us next year. A lot of people, a lot of new people finding out about February 7th. What does yeah. that have to do with video games? A Nothing. Lot. No, a lot, because video oh. games is social media that you might want to bestow and seventh to a friend, as the kids I mean, call it. it was a while ago, a long but time. if I can remember correctly, one of the February 7th gifts you gave me yeah. was actually a video game. It was Cat Trap for the original Game Boy. And we'll be talking about that never, because we only talk about arcade right. games on Pick of the Buck. Now, you have a buck, and you pick it, and then you put, yes. it in your, you put your name on it, go through the arcade, put uh, put your dollar in the machine. If you get someone's machine name on the arcade game dollar, you win. So each week, we only have a dollar or two to put into the arcade game machine of our choice. 
Audience, and, stop us if you've heard this before. <laughs> and last week, we have to reset constantly. And I know. It, it really, so many new listeners every it's week. Just, my brain, it's just as bored with anything coming out of my mouth as, as yours is, Kyle. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but uh, last week, we gave a, a clue, and we bo- we gave different clues. I gave the clue, I'm your friend. Uh, and Kyle gave the clue, I'm your friend. I'm uh, your friend. <laughs> it's actually more like, I'm your friend. I think is it actually a, saying it, or is it speaking some sort of like language? I didn't think it was actually saying it. Oh, no, it's saying it. Oh, really? It's either saying, I'm your friend, or I'm your friendo. Oh, the, you know what? Yeah, now that when you say it like that, it brings me right there. <laughs> This game was by Namco in 1985. Of course it was. Another game that goes by two different names. Yes, we have a lot of that, don't we? Oh, why get clicking and things? Again, does Keith, Keith get a paycheck because he shouldn't? And you know, we can't dock him because he's part of the union. Ah, those unions. Mm-hmm. I blame Obama. It's Obamacare. Yeah. Plain and simple. He'll probably not be in office when this gets released. Oh, yeah. So what was it called for you? For me, it was called Baraduke until I couldn't get the ROM to load, and then it was called Alien Sector. It was always called Alien Sector to me on the original arcade Alien Sector game. Now, I'm trying to remember the cabinet art, and sadly, I didn't look it up, although I could do that right now. Was this the one that had the... um, the vacuum form purple monster coming out of the marquee. All or am I, I remember, thinking of another game? All I remember is the main dude, the guy that was shooting everybody. And I think he was like wearing orange and coming towards the screen. That's all I remember. I don't remember the, uh, the marquee or anything. All right. We'll have to find out. We'll have to look it up. Kyle takes great pains. Takes great pride. <laughs> Kyle... <laughs> Kyle does a lot for this show as far as the amount of penetration we have of the show and the amount of penetration we have into the social media market. Each week, Kyle either puts up actual arcade flyers or... As the cover for our Facebook and Twitter account. Right. Or he puts up arcade handouts or he, in in some cases, he has to make one that exactly matches the game, such as that of Wall Street. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> that was amazing. Because <laughs> that's exactly how, uh, you know, a cabinet art would be for such a stinker as yeah. Wall Street. It would have- and if you missed it, it's still available to see on both the Twitter account and Facebook page. It's amazing. It was like a half-naked girl riding a, a dolphin or something. With, riding she was a riding a bull. Okay. And, it was and, a very and, suggestive <laughs> piece of artwork. And what were, what were around her? Like spiders? <laughs> No, she's busting through a, a stock certificate. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's from a, uh, a 1970s porno called Wanda Whips Wall Street. Wow! And I found it because I was looking for Wall Street's arcade flyer <laughs> and put Wall Street flyer art. Yeah. And that is what came up. Wow. Well, yes. we'll have to review that movie then at some point. I too. guess. Too bad there wasn't a Wall Street 2, you know? I really uh, think. Is it really all that unfortunate? <laughs> Never. <laughs> By the way, the uh, arcade I was thinking of that had the uh, vacuum form monster on top of the marquee was Alien Syndrome. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. By Sega. Maybe yeah, Sega. we'll talk about that in the future. I don't Sega. know. Yeah, well, you talk, if you talk about Alien Syndrome, you just have to throw in uh, Golden Axe. Oh, Golden Axe. Because Golden Axe and, and Alien Syndrome are sort of like 
the same movie except <laughs> they're like the same video game except they're completely different yeah because one is top down and one side scroller <laughs> oh alien well, what wait, they had, alien what they syndrome to... oh sorry i, was, I thought yeah. you meant alien storm alien you know storm too much alien talk happening right now you know my favorite game was alien versus alien alien versus alien yeah it was a battle of two sega alien games all right ah, shut up that sucked as a joke <laughs> God damn. I try to be supportive. Yeah. But you know what all these games have in common? They no. all revolve around aliens. And uh, Alien Sector clearly has aliens in it. <laughs> it might. You control either Kissy or Tacky, and they are alien hunters, and they look like they're dressed in those radiation suits. Like, remember E.T.? <laughs> When they were dressed yeah. in those coverall suits with the helmet and the, the visors. That's basically what you're dressed in. You're yellow. And um, you go into these screens where you attack aliens, a certain metric of them. And then uh, the uh, port or the door will open. And then you progress to the next screen. And there's several different worlds. In fact, this game is, again, very long in comparison to most arcade games without a loop. There's five sections per world and a boss battle. But uh, the levels themselves are very short. Yeah, it's not a single screen, but some of them are barely bigger than two screens mm -hmm. in width, especially the early earlier sectors of each world. The game, admittingly, is very repetitive. There's a very small number of enemies in there before you start to see them recycle through. But what I like about this game is it was hitting a um, Metroid note for me hmm. as far as the choice of music or lack thereof, the way the environment looked, and the actions that you were performing. Now, granted, Metroid as a game is in a much bigger scope of exploration and isolation and collecting items. You're not going to find that, that in this game. No. Mainly because of what it is it's an arcade game so you don't normally find those things in our arcade games there's very few exceptions to that so this would be if you were to take the metroid franchise and then turn it into a coin munching arcade game where it's more action-based than exploration although there is exploration in the game in the later levels where you'll have to find hidden doors mm -hmm. uh, to move through the game which is interesting it's a jetpack full roaming omnidirectional underground shooter where you must kill all of the octies to open mm -hmm. the exit these octies are spawning stations you have an Octi, it'll be spawning at all these little enemies, and you have to keep hitting that a la gauntlet or something of, of that nature where you finally beat the spawning station. Right. And when that, when that Octi spawning station is defeated, you'll have this high-tech-looking metal box, which will either contain a Pac-Man pellet, a cute one-eyed orange pusent, puck, yeah. puck scent, <laughs> which will fill one of your shield energies, or a fucked up zombie Pac-Man that bites you. Yes. He oh. is fucked up. And I wish we didn't spoil it, but we got to talk about it because we're reviewing the game. It's pretty terrifying if you go into the game blindly and don't expect it. Because the what's nice about the game is it kind of eases you into what the gameplay mechanics are. It doesn't just throw it at you. So for the first couple of sectors you play through, it's taught to you that these 
boxes are good. There's prizes in these boxes. Mm-hmm. Or there's these little yellow boogers that say, I'm your friend. <laughs> and like you said, you collect them and you get uh, additional sh- shield markers. So the first time you run into these terrifying, <laughs> fucked up zombie Pac-Mans, it is pretty terrifying. It is. <laughs> so what you're going to want to do is when you're going in for the crate, you're going to want to go in from the top and lightly tap it so you can fly back up, not go through it. Because right. when you go through it is when the monster drops out and hits you. If you tap it from the top, it'll reveal the prize or the whammy, and then you can decide how you want to navigate that. Because I read the instructions said like, you know, one-eyed monsters are there to help you, and they're your friends, these uh there's these poochants or puckants or pucksents or whatever. And so I thought, well, it's, 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 is Pac-Man coming after me with his boils and stuff? Because he wants me to put ointment on him. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one of my shields go down. So he is not your friend. No. You can't cure boily Pac-Man zombie with the T-virus antidote. No, that's not going to happen. You're not, not going to shoot that in their heart or, or drink it or give him a... A vaccination mark. You don't... Did you get... Now, are you old enough to have a vaccination mark? You know what that is? I was vaccinated. I know that. Well, when I was a kid and and people around within like 10 years of my age will still probably have a circular mark on their upper left arm because they used to take this bunch of needles, maybe eight needles in a circle, and then they they dip it in this stuff and stick that in your arm. And that was how you got vaccinated. (laughs) And so you always had these these I just uh, thought that holes in your arm. Special. <laughs> I don't know if I have that to be honest. Yeah, that's what it reminded me. I just I just watched all five Resident Evil movies. I gotcha. guess the sixth one's coming out. Don't ask me why. All right. Well, no, there. Of course, you know why. Her. What's her face? What's her face? What's her head? Getting back to jetpacks and uh, and weird. Pac-Mans. I think another way to try to get this across to people, of course, uh, it's probably like a, a slow-paced cybernoid or sidearms. Okay. Or uh, oh, uh, solar jet man without the solar jet or <laughs> as much complexity or collecting things. It's a very simple game. It, it is very simple. You got to remember it's 1985. It's a full year before Metroid came out. So that's why I wanted to discuss ah. the game a little bit because it is it has that benchmarker on there. It definitely much like Metroid is influenced by the film Alien that came out in 1979. Right. You could definitely see those sort of motifs there with between those two games and that film. Uh-huh. Um, it does suffer from Mega Man syndrome. You can't duck. <laughs> You're just um, flying around. And that more often than not will kill you. It's not super deep. There are little things about it that I think are unique. There's a, a little mini game between the stages. It's like a wheel of fortune or mm. wheel of misfortune, I guess, because <laughs> later levels, the probability or the odds are against you. You can either gain shield or lose shield. And in the early stages, it's mainly you either gain shield or you gain nothing. Right. But in the later stages, there's really only one spot for gaining a shield and the rest of the spots are for losing a shield. Every time I gained an extra shield, the next level I lost it. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, with the shield is, you know, you can upgrade so many markers for the shield, but the gun upgrades, but you don't feel like it's upgrading because it doesn't Mm -hmm. 
visually change or the way it shoots. I mean, I think the color changes, but it's not gratifying. You're not seeing that visual representation of getting stronger. It just, it is getting stronger. You know, it was blue in the early stages. Now it's red, but it still shoots at the same speed. I'm honestly admitting that the game has some shortfalls, but I think, especially if you're as a fan of Metroid as I am, mm-hmm. you'll appreciate it for being that proto-Metroid, that game before Metroid. Another the- cool thing about it that is just small, but I thought it was a nice touch, was there's gun recoil. So you're in space when you shoot the gun, the inertia pushes you back. That's true, yeah. And that's cool. I thought that was interesting. It's, it's not the same as if you were to play the game Cave, or cave story. Right, right, right. Where the gun, you know, you can project yourself up, left, right. It's not like that. But I was noticing my character was moving backward. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a gun recoil. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Because sometimes it's a good idea to try to get into the little nooks and crannies to hit some of those top level enemies that are just shooting at you. Right. Um, and then you, you'll notice, oh, I'm just, I, I have the joystick still, but I'm moving backwards every time I shoot. And the other thing about it is one thing that makes it, have to be simple is because the size of the main character is pretty large yes the enemies are large and and so is your uh, protagonist yeah uh, and, and there's and there's, there's plenty of animation happening on the screen between <laughs> killing the enemies or you when you die the, the de- death animation for your character is pretty radical uh you, you like incinerate yeah. Yeah, I don't know what even you would call that. You're like yeah, you sort of get you lava inside your body, and then you, yeah. you know, your body just melts and then implodes or something. And the other thing is, is that there's no center for your joystick. You have to keep giving your jetpack throttle, or you'll just fall to the bottom of the the cave. Yes. So yeah. that really adds a lot of, uh, but I felt skill it was, to it. Yes, but I felt it was intuitive. The oh yeah, control I felt was really good. Oh yeah, I never felt like I was cheated by the control. No, no, but no, no. It controls very, very well. It's just that you constantly have to keep your mind on giving yourself some gas. Yes. Yeah. Going back to the the Metroid thing. Again, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, the final boss pretty much looks like Mother Brain a lot. In fact, it looks more like Mother Brain from Super Metroid than it does the original which is interesting. And mm-hmm. the other thing that's very interesting about the game is the big reveal at the end is that Kissy, uh, shockingly, is a lady. Who would have thought? Despite the game referencing you as you are a brave man, <laughs> when it is clearly a woman uh, in the screenshot. So, I, I, again, for somebody who's a fan of Metroid, this is your proto-Metroid. This is your uh, version 0.5 Indeed. Um, and the other interesting thing about Kissy is that and we, I love this. Weeks, and, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, I we talked this. about we talked about uh, Mr. Do. Yeah. And we talked about Dig Dug and Mr. Driller and how Dig Dug was the father of Mr. Driller. And there's this Namco family tree. Well, the mother of Mr. Driller happens to be Kissy from Baraduke. Yeah. Which, and they, uh, and they're, they're divorced. And they're divorced, yes. Kissy divorced um, Mr. Dig Dug. Right, because he was um, uh, he was aloof to the family. You can actually read into this, and it's <laughs> very interesting how much time Namco has put into making Mr. Dr- Driller like the nebulous for all of their science fiction games. The, it, you can find this online. Mr. Driller, Baraduke, Dig Dug, 
fall into this collective canon that also mm. pulls in other games like Galaga and Galaxian and newer titles, but they're shooters. They all go into this whole like fight against aliens story arc that's happening. Sure. And it's super interesting because, you know, when you think of Namco and their mascot, of course, you think of Pac-Man. Right. And it's, it seems like, yes, Pac-Man is the face of the company. But the heart and soul seems to be in these other games where they're tying these these threads together between games like, you know, when I was reading into it, it's shocking that somehow they tied Dig Dug into Galaga. You know, a game like this, Baraduk, isn't a far stretch to tie in the story of Galaxian in that. You know, okay, Galaxian is the space battle and Baraduk is the battle of the planet. But they go into how the, the what is it, the the Pukas and the Fry guy, Frygers are actually aliens from outer space that burrowed into the ground. And now it's Mr. Driller's job and Dig Dug's job to get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, super interesting. And you could really see there's a lot of care and love for these characters when you read up on it. Uh, I also read up on something and I want to preference, preface this with all the sources are coming from the internet okay for, for the next thing i'm going to talk about it so i don't know uh, what level of truth comes from it but i did read up from a different couple different sources about dig dug's role in the wreck it ralph movie okay um damco was approached by disney to have dig dug be Kubert's role in that film okay. and they were so offended by being asked to have Dig Dug as an unemployed character that they threatened to actually pull all of their characters from the film. I don't want to get too much into it because, like I said, I only read a few articles from different people that had similar stories but differed in other ways. So it seems like there's a thread of truth truth there, but I don't want to go into any more details than that. But I thought that that was very interesting. And if it did, in fact, happen, I could see where they would feel insulted because there is a lot of love for these characters. Sure. And that would make him a deadbeat dad because he had three, three kids with Kissy. That's right. We don't know about the other two, what they did. They didn't do anything yet, maybe. But maybe they will do something at some point. Maybe a little deeper investigation. They could have been the pilot in Galaxian for all I know. There you go. But super cool. Uh, Nice to wrap up the family tree. I know we touched on it several weeks ago, but that's what inspired me to look into this game. And then I was happy to find out all of the little nuances of, uh, you know, being a proto Metroid game that was in here. So, like I said, if this interests you as it interests me, I recommend it. I like shooters. <laughs> and the nice thing about Alien Sector as well is that I like to talk about games where you don't have to go to the arcade. Because let's face it, there's not as many arcades on your block as there used to be. Now there's only one or two when you used to have maybe three or four. Some of our listeners are going, what's an arcade? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Was the game you were thinking about on the Nintendo called Metal Storm? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, it could be that. Yeah. Similar uh, to the game I talked about last week, Metal Warrior, yeah. you're in a mech suit. Unlike that game, you don't get out of it, and you sort of robot around, and you have a jetpack where okay. you, you shoot things. At, and it does hit on that note. If you are familiar with that Nintendo game, then um, that sort of gameplay is very similar to Alien Sector. All right. Or, that was probably it. I was I was kind of bad at it, and I, keep, I kept thinking of... Abel, Abeloid Sis, Abacis Lloyd. Remember that one? 
Amboloid. It had like bloody letters. Oh, okay. But that was like more outside. So that that wasn't the one. It was the one from Sega where you were two guys. Oh, uh, that one. Going around in like 360 degrees. DJ Boy? Yeah, that's it. You realize I bring that game up when I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that other game Sega. I was thinking about several hundred years ago was Zoom. Zoom, Zoom right? Zoom. Yeah. Oh, Not my Zoop. God. You remember oh Zoop when that was going to be a big thing? Yeah. It's the, the next Tetris. It like the next Tetris? Yes, it was. Yeah. It certainly was. Oh, whoops. What's going on here? No, we haven't been recording. Oh, I better press record. I didn't know I was supposed to. Yeah, Zoom. It was like, okay, boy. There's a little pig-looking uh, orange dude with big rabbit feet and kangaroo ears. Hmm. And he would ice skate around this to try to do this uh, sort of like kicks. You know, he tried okay. to break out parts of the uh, of this 3D area. But kicks is the most metal arcade game of all time. Kicks is fucking heavy metal out the wazoo. Isn't it like it just it, to me? It feels so metal. <laughs> I don't know why. When I play I that game, I'm like, saying. this game is just so metal. I don't know what you're saying. Oh, but this <laughs> the Sega game I was talking about was Forgotten World. Uh, remember that? You know, you I go do remember that. The two guys floating around jetpacks. Yes, 360 degree turret. But th this is nothing like that. No, other than the jetpack. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well. Um, <sighs> Um, here's our. I uh, picked a buck. I had Kyle sends in his dollar. I sent him my What about Joni Catcon? Joni Catcon? Yeah. Uh, he, he'll be around. Let me just oh, pick okay. the buck first. We're going to do this first? Yeah, I picked the buck first. Right. Uh, go visit us on Twitter, We Talk Games. Go to We Talk Games podcast on the Facebook. Wait, you're doing my bit. Am I yeah. supposed to be shuffling the dollars? No. I do, okay. I do them both. Okay. And then uh, go to wetalkgames.com to find links to the things that you'll actually go to, Twitter and Facebook. All right, I picked the dollar, I win. So now I got two bucks. It's good, very good, very good. Let's find out if there's any expert playing advice for Baradu, Johnny Capcom, Johnny Cupcake. <laughs> Stupid legal bollocks, all right? It's like that Rage Against the Machine song, you know? Fuck you, you fucking prick. Uh, yeah, the game we're talking about this week is Baraduke. And, uh, like, the main tip from me would be to the younger gamers to go and look and listen and play this game because, man, the sounds and the visuals, this is what a video game is. It, like, ah, come on. But uh, another tip would be you can actually get to the options screen on this game in the arcade version by pressing triangle, uh, the triangle button at the attract screen before the game actually starts. And then you can go in there and change the settings to your own liking. And then just, just let it happen, man. Let it happen. And the beat goes on. Yeah. Dig it. All right. Next year we're going to be doing another show like this mm. the pick of the buck and i'm going to pick it this is where we give a clue to next week's game i'm going to give a clue my clue is 
That's not my clue. Wait. Wow. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Seasonal allergies. <laughs> my clue is, I'm not for sale. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. My hint is, the flower is your money. Hung on to it. And now T.T. Schmookins will give her We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue for next week. Hello, I am T.T. Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, geeks. Great. We hope to be in your balls next week. Tune in live on WZZ5, 9.57 a.m., 32.95 on your FM dial. Subscribe in iTunes and give us that good old five-star rating. Fuck you. Okay, everybody. Hey. <laughs> hey, we love you, and we'll talk to you next time. Wait till you hear about this game. Can't wait. Okay, bye. Bye. Fucking do.